Hi, I'm Kalila Reynolds, aka Boss Barbie, and welcome to another episode of Taking Stock Live. Yeah, you must be wondering why on earth is Kalila dressed like this? It's because I just came from the premiere of Barbie here in Jamaica. And all in aid of the Jamaica Cancer Society, by the way. It has, and don't ask me how it went and how it is because the movie hasn't even started yet. I just went to do some press and then came over here to do the show with you guys. That's how much I am committed to you. I give up Barbie for you. Yeah. So let me know in the comments where everyone is joining us from. Let me know in the chat what part of Jamaica, what part of the world. Of course, we have an awesome show lined up for you tonight. And let's see what's hot in business. Well, no, here we go. Let's take a look at what's coming up in tonight's show, followed by what's hot in business. And of course, come on, let's get this money. Young professionals are buying more real estate and driving up the market. That's according to data from the Realtors Association of Jamaica. Vice President of the Realtors Association of Jamaica, Gabriel Grant Gilpin Hudson, and Branch Manager at JMMB Bank, Owen Ferguson, will join us to discuss. And the analysts weigh in on the latest market developments. Epley Caribbean Property Fund is looking to acquire more properties in its value fund portfolio. We'll discuss. First, here's What's Hot, brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. NCB Financial Group has named Direct and Chartered Accountant Robert Almeida as Interim Group CEO. Chief Financial Officer of the banking arm of NCB, Malcolm Sadler, has also been tapped to take the role of Interim CFO for the overall group. The men's appointments come as NCBFG's CEO Patrick Hilton and Deputy CEO Dennis Cohen are negotiating their separation packages from the institution. Former Scotia Group Jamaica CEO Bruce Bowen has been named as a special advisor to Almeida. According to NCB, the three men have decades of experience in the banking industry between them and are well suited to lead the company during this transition phase. NCB said it is still considering permanent replacements for Hilton and Cohen. The scorching summer heat has placed an increased demand on Jamaica's electrical grid. According to the Jamaica Public Service, Jamaica's peak electricity demand reached an all-time high this summer of 692 megawatts. That's the same as pouring up around 6,100-watt light bulbs all at the same time. The utility provider said it is working on expanding capacity to keep up with the increased demand. The Caribbean Development Bank has pledged to invest almost two million US dollars in regional cultural and creative industries. The funds, totaling 1.8 billion US dollars, will be held by the CDB's Creative Industries Innovation Fund. The Creative Industries Innovation Fund encourages innovation, job creation, and improved enterprise sustainability within the creative sector. The CDB said the investment will help provide the resources needed to create a thriving environment for culture and creativity. Twitter has officially rebranded to X after owner Elon Musk changed its iconic bird logo Monday. The website Twitter.com remained live and branding on the app version of the platform did not appear to change as of Monday morning. Twitter's world-renowned bird logo was however transformed into an X. On Sunday, Musk tweeted that the idea of changing the logo to X was to embody the imperfections in us all that make us unique. In April, Musk changed the name of the company from Twitter Inc. to X Corp. What's Hot was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. So many
many of you were shocked when I showed you how much you're really paying back on your loans. So if you have or plan to take out any kind of loan, a mortgage, a car loan, even a credit card, you better watch this first. I'll tell you what questions to ask when you're getting a loan. What type of loan should you get? What can you do now to reduce your debt? And I'll even give you my debt repayment calculator. My name is Troy Gauntlet. I've learned a lot about how to pay off your credit card debt. You're just paying it minimum payment versus paying off a full sum and then paying off this in less, with less interest rate. So I've also learned about debt consolidation, bringing down the debt in, you know, with, Notes, man, yeah. with one. <laughs> Have you heard of instances where people are able to negotiate with their creditors and get them to cut the amount that is actually owed? So let's say, for example, somebody owes as you said, half a million. But based on their situation right now, the bank meet, meets with the client and decide, okay, give us 250 or give us half, and then we'll settle the debt. So they can cut it in half? How I look at it is that the bank would rather get something than nothing. Learn how to pay off your debt faster and start using debt the right way in our premium course, Debt Do-Over. Available on demand or with a premium membership to the Money Mission community. Join now at moneymission.mn.co. The link is in the description. I don't work for money. Money works for me. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. Welcome back, guys. And just to let you know that Debt Do-Over, our premium course, is now on sale. Sale starts today. It ends on Saturday, July 29th. To get 30% off our premium course, Debt Do-Over, for the next, how much days is that? Four days? Five days? I'm not sure. Man, these sales are running a little bit too long, but uh, I'm giving you an opportunity. So what you're going to get in our sale, great news, premium course debt do over is on sale. You're going to learn strategies to reduce your debt by as much as 50%. You saw that clip that we just showed. You're going to create a plan to pay off your debt in 12 months. You're going to learn how to fix your credit. You're going to learn how to get credit card companies to pay you. And you're going to learn how to use debt to make money now the regular price for this course is a hundred us dollars but that's not what you're going to pay as a result of our sale and if you see me looking down it's because i have some technical issues this evening that's not what you're gonna pay you're gonna get this life-changing course and when i say life-changing i literally mean it because if you have debt you already know that it is crippling your life you cannot take advantage of investment opportunities if debt is holding you back so you got to deal with it 30% off this week only, $69.99, not $100. But wait, there's more. You'll also get, if you participate in this offer, you'll also get free access to our webinar coming up on Monday, which is all about credit card tips that you need to know, the secrets that the banks don't always tell you. So that's going to be another $20 if you want to sign up for it individually. So your total value, $120. Yours for just $69.99. Yep, so sign up at moneymission.mn.co. The link is also in the description. 
For those of you just tuning in and wondering why Kalila looks like this, what's going on with the Barbie look, it's because tonight is the Barbie premiere in Jamaica, and that's where I'm coming from in aid of the Jamaica Cancer Society. So you guys, if you have an opportunity, you can check that out as well. But today we are talking about real estate, something Barbie knows a little bit about, huh? Real estate, Barbie's dream house, must be expensive. <laughs> Malibu, Barbie, all these Barbies. Barbies have money to live that lifestyle that Barbie lives. And if you want to be boss Barbie like me, or, you know, have your dream house, your dream property too, this is definitely a segment for you to pay attention to. And what we found out recently, we probably knew this already, but now it's been confirmed. Young professionals are buying more real estate and driving up the market. And that's according to data from the Realtors Association of Jamaica. So Vice President of the RAJ, Gabriel Grant Gilpin Hudson, and branch manager at JMMB Bank, Owen Ferguson. Join me now to dive into the findings. Hi. Hi, Kalila. Gabriel. Hi, Owen. How are you guys? Hi, Kalila. Hi, Gabriel. Doing well. <laughs> you need to call me Boss Barbie. <laughs> it's the same, same character this evening. All right. So let's talk about this, uh, this report, Gabriel. Tell me, what has the real estate market been like this year based on your observation? Sure. And maybe what I can do is contextualize the data to just explain where it comes from. So the Realtors Association of Jamaica um, is an association, a professional association of realtors um, that are the custodians of the multiple listing service. So that's what we call the MLS. And that um, listing service essentially is what realtors use to input their listing data, sales and rentals. And that um, platform collects different data points over time. So it's important to note that the data that we have um, and we have shared for the purposes of this evening um, is that data set of the transactions that take place on the MLS. So there are other um, transactions that would be taken, taking place that are not necessarily captured in the data, but this definitely are all, this represents all of the transactions that would have been taking place through the MLS and through realtors. So I just wanted to clarify that, but yes, so, Kalina, the data speaks for itself. Um, the real estate market is changing. So how many transactions are we looking at for since the start of the year and what value are we talking about? So definitely the transactions would be in the hundreds, approaching thousands of transactions so far. And the, the value of it is in the billions. It changes obviously from day to day. And what we are trying to do as an association in collaboration with other entities in the industry is um, develop ongoing statistics for the real estate industry so that we can be able to share more accurate data and information points like this with the public. Um, so that we can actually have the information because information is power um, as it relates to those specific numbers that you're asking me. So I can't give you specific numbers is the long story short to your question, but definitely the transactions that we would have seen for this year are a bit less in number and less in value than even the year before or the year before that. So we are seeing the market slow down a bit. So I'm looking at some of the findings and these numbers are striking me as, but let's just look at the numbers. So it says, according to real estate brokers and financiers of home purchases, the current functional definition of middle income residences 
relates to homes priced within 15 to 25 million dollar range while high income residences are priced at 25 to 45 million those numbers sound on the low side to me unless you're talking about outside kingston they definitely yeah. are. They yeah. definitely are on the low side, Kalila. So that's another thing that we're, we, the industry in general is working on. So if you were to ask me what is considered a luxury property, what is considered middle income and high income, there are no agreed upon benchmarks that all yeah, of us would, would million say. Yeah, 25 million is not really a luxury property. Yeah, no, it's not. Because, you know, if you look at some of the developments right now, you're looking at you know, in some of the very built up areas in Kingston up to like $45 million for a two bedroom apartment. So, you know, it, it depends on the perspective that you're looking at the market from. Um, so definitely, um, and it's exciting for us at the RAJ, we're working towards kind of standardizing these reporting statistics um, so that we can all be able to benefit from definitions like what is middle income, what is um, luxury, etc etc so where is most of the demand coming from in which segment that middle income the luxury what's most what is most of the demand sure so i would say definitely and this is generally the case in jamaica you will see the highest volume in um, properties that are underneath about the 35 million dollar range right so in in that market segment properties move and they tend to move pretty consistently um, the, regardless of whether the market is up and down, because that is, I would say, the area of the market that has the most effective demand. So, you know, you have demand and you have effective demand, and the, the, the effective demand is definitely concentrated in those areas. Not to say that we don't have activity in the luxury markets either. Well, let me get Owen's perspective here too. So which sector are you seeing the demand, Owen? Right, so we happen to be in a fortunate position in that we at JMMB are seeing a pretty healthy demand right across the spectrum. And in fact, contrary to perhaps the general trend elsewhere in the marketplace, we have actually seen an uptick in demand and, and inquiries and applications and actual book transactions at JMMB Bank. We are seeing an uptick versus uh, 12 months ago, for instance, we are up over 30% above 2022 at this point. Wow. So any idea what's driving that uptick in demand? So for us, uh, clearly we are, you know, so there are some dynamics that benefit us that, you know, I leave others to draw some conclusions on, but we continue to be pretty competitive in the marketplace. And I think there's an appeal, to, especially to younger persons. We've conducted a couple of um, surveys in the market and our feedback tells us that our, our young people naturally want to be able to purchase their first home and we're getting a lot of those queries and you know we're supporting them all the way through the process so i suspect that's where the greatest part of the demand is coming from or young professionals in the say 25 to 35 age range uh, who are earning at the level that would afford them one of those properties that gabriel just spoke about up to 25 million um, or up to 35 million as the case may be depending on you know their particular circumstances. But we are seeing, and we're grateful for it, we are seeing an increase in, in demand for these loans. Okay, so just give me a second because my camera chipped out. All right, camera is back. <laughs> After, had to run over and, and go fix the camera, but here I am now. So, all right, so define what Young Professionals is actually, because you said you're seeing the demand coming from that side. 
young professionals are trying to buy their first home, but define yeah. who young professionals are. Like, so, what so for us, we, it, there's a, right. So we, we emphasis on the young part. So we're talking about people um, within the first five years of employment, um, usually about 25, uh, all the way up to about 35, we see persons acquiring their first home. Um, usually by the time you get to about 35, 40, you would have been in your home for a bit and perhaps looking around for an investment property. So we're seeing some demand in that space as well. Gabrielle, are we seeing any particular like income groups as well? Any particular professions, industries? Because a lot of young professionals have also been complaining that the market has priced them out and they can't afford these homes. But you guys are saying that, no, you do have a lot of young professionals who are actively buying homes this year. You do have a lot of young professionals buying homes, Kalila, particularly because what, um, what I think a lot of financially savvy young professionals may come to appreciate is that when you are, you are able to take out a loan with some institutions up to the age of 17, so the earlier that you um, were to purchase your first property is the longer you would be potentially able to have to pay back a mortgage, which means that your monthly payment might be lower. And so you can probably afford to borrow more when you're younger, um, if, if you're making the requisite amount of income. So I think that that is one of the reasons why persons, particularly in that sweet spot of around 30, approaching 30, just a little bit after 30, are buying so much with mortgages, because really that's probably the best time for them to buy. The longer you wait to take out your first mortgage, the, the less number of years that you're able to get, which does impact your monthly payment amount and your ability to qualify for that loan, of course. So I think that that is definitely one of the reasons why you would see young persons, um, you know, kind of propelling the market. Also, generally, you know, as Jamaicans, it is a standard culture for us to believe in buying over renting. So a lot of persons choose to buy if they're in a position to buy. Um, where, whereas persons will rent until they're able to buy. Um, so I think that kind of um, contributes to, you know, young persons kind of coming to the market as well. And then lastly, a lot of persons, you know, as we get more financially savvy as a, you know, because I really do see a push across Jamaica where it, even from your show, persons are taking financial literacy more seriously. People are looking at, boy, how can I invest? How can I grow my wealth? And, you know, one of the tried and true areas of growing wealth is through real estate. And so you see persons having the interest in buying properties for investment purposes, um, whether that is for long term or short term rentals or even sometimes in certain instances, um, you know, some capital appreciation um, through buying, holding for a while and then selling back. But anecdotally, it feels like the average age of first home purchase has risen because we feel like looking at where our parents' generation was Definitely. compared to where our generation is right now, our parents were able to afford homes at a much younger age than they are now. Is there any data on what that average age of first purchase is now compared to what it used to be? And, you know, the truth of the matter is that there is not. So, um, you know, in my capacity as vice president of the Realtors Association of Jamaica, right now one of our initiatives is collaborating 
with other institutions in the industry to try and pull all of these data points together. So the real estate industry right now is very much um, analyzing it is like an art and it's not as much of a science as we would like it to be because there's all of these different data sets. So you would have our MLS data, you would have the mortgage data from our friends at JMMB, you would have um, NLA, National Land Agency's data, um, you know, and you have the data coming out of other um, agencies as well, whether that is statin, etc. So what we really are trying to do is um, start this initiative of having more information on these market segments, data points, you know, demographic information, income information, demand information, so that that can be readily available. Information is power and it can kind of help us to look at and analyze the market over time. So, Owen, what types of properties are most in demand right now? What are these young professionals buying? Apartments, townhouses, homes? Yeah, we're seeing a good mix. Um, we're seeing apartments, we're seeing um, houses, especially those fixer-uppers that are coming in at bargain prices. Um, we're seeing some townhouses on, on the upper end of, of the scale. And we're also seeing persons buying land and with the plans to, to build later on. Uh, but let me just add something to the conversation earlier, which you spoke about, you know, what could be driving some of the increased demand from younger folk. And, and that is that we are seeing an uh, increasing demand from young people with multiple sources of income. We're, we're finding that people are employing themselves in multiple ways. They have a day job and they have one or two side hustles. They, they are formal and informal. And so what you find is that many of our 25-year-olds um, come to us with applications showing two, three, four sources of income. Mm. And it puts them in a position to access greater amounts, one, and qualify much earlier. Uh, and for an institution like us, JMB Bank, which, you know, we do exercise some flexibility around our terms, um, we are open to, to those additional sources, not just the, not the traditional sources, uh, you know, salary and pay slip and so on, but we're able to take your data, whatever source your income is, legitimate, of course, uh, and able to put that together uh, and present uh, a, a, an application that, that can, be, can be approved. So, you know, we are open to those types of non-traditional sources that many of our, our younger clients are, are proposing to us, and we're happy to bank them, sure. So that's how they're doing it. Side hustles, multiple streams of <laughs> Whatever income. gets it done. <laughs> ah, that's the secret. That's the trick. But realistically, like, how much do you need to make? First of all, let me take some comments because there are a lot of comments in the chat about the people who are able to afford these sorts of homes. So, Shellyanne, uh, Shellyanne says, so y'all saying Jamaica market is the complete opposite from the rest of the world. Okay, no problem. I'm moving back home. <laughs> Roger says, which young professional is buying up all of these houses? Because I'm young and I can't see the money to buy any house and I'm a middle class income earner. I need a new circle of friends. He should be Sean talking to us. <laughs> says, I've, so Sean has the opposite experience. Sean says, I have met young professionals in their 30s who have multiple properties in Kingston and the North Coast. So Roger, you need Sean's circle of friends. <laughs> and then Shellyanne again says, is Young professionals are buying up all this real estate. How are young professionals complaining that they can't afford NHT houses? So realistically, Owen, like how much money do you need to make 
in order to qualify for say a 30 million dollar mortgage yeah so again it's so many factors involved there you've given me the, the sum involved but also things such as their age so if we're talking let's go back to our 25 year old if we're talking about a 25 year old who has 35 40 years to retirement and it's important to say that we assess persons to their age of retirement not to a fixed um, number such as 65 or 70 but depending on the industry you're in if you happen to be self-employed for instance we are able to go beyond the traditional limits in order to facilitate longer repayment periods up to a maximum of um, 35 years so um, they're able if if they're able to convince us you know with the data that they're able to present that they can in fact afford these um, mortgages then absolutely we're happy to do them uh, to your question specifically the whole business of where these properties are or where in the marketplace they are finding them um, they are very often just outside of the KMTR just outside of the corporate area um, with the highways and so on we're finding people who are commuting daily um, to areas such as Old Harbour, as far as Maypen, and potentially with what is happening with the the highway, we may very well be seeing people commuting from as far as Mandeville into Kingston. Of course, if if it is that um, we're able to pull some of those these folks into our space for financing, uh, we can point them as well into developments happening in those areas. So you know we are open to doing transactions wherever you are in the island um, we're home to, to to all proposals that we are seeing developments all over the island and we're funding them now gabriel one of the hindrances to home ownership has been coming up with that deposit i know the banks have gotten a lot more flexible with how much they're willing to accept as your deposit uh, are we seeing that uh, homeowners new home buyers are still going with that 10%, 20% down payment, or are we seeing those numbers come down where more owners, more new buyers are opting for the smaller percentages, the 5%, and sometimes in some cases, the 100% financing that some institutions offer? Right, well, I would say that generally, um, from a realtor perspective, I have seen where deposits generally have stuck for the most part to 10%, um, with the deposit being even more if it is a pre-construction property in some instances. Um, but what I would say is that, you know, there is the freedom of contract principle. So persons are sometimes able to find vendors who are willing to take a lesser deposit based on, you know, advice that they may have received from their attorney. Okay. Well, before we wrap up this segment, what are the hottest areas to purchase real estate right now? Our viewers want the tips. We want to know where is my property value most likely to appreciate? Oh, and what are you seeing? Okay. So, you know, there's an interesting comment earlier about the Jamaican market behaving a little differently from, from elsewhere. Um, we are seeing demand in places such as St. Thomas with, with what is happening with that, that, development sorry with that road out there that highway that's under construction we're seeing quite a bit of activity in that space um gabrielle and her team can tell you a little bit more about that um we're seeing demand out in old harbor just outside of Saint, uh, the spanish town area uh, and so again because you know transportation and and um, our commuting routes have improved quite a bit 
we are finding persons are more open to take properties outside of the corporate area and, and in, some, in some cases the demand and supply dynamics force persons into some of these communities but those are also good value properties so we're happy to support those as well uh, outside of those two growth areas at the upper end of the marketplace we are seeing north st andrew continues to be strong i mean we're seeing new construction in some of these areas meaning upper st uh, andrew where's the north st andrew north st andrew yes, so we do andrew. serve the full range of the market so yes Yes, we're seeing demand there as well. I heard the North Coast is, is quite robust as well. It is, especially with the Barbie dream houses, Kalila. <laughs> Lots of investment properties going up in the North Coast, the Airbnb market driving demand over there. And Definitely. I saw the, the recent report from the BOJ showing Portland, um, St. Mary, St. Anne, St. James, West Milan, the whole, basically the whole North Coast. The only one I didn't see on the list is Trelawney for some reason. But um, yeah, a lot going on in that area. Lots of demand. So thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, Gabrielle. Thank you, Owen. I have one last question for Owen. And this one is from Elaine, who wants to know, if you are living overseas, can you get a loan from JMMB to buy a house in Jamaica? Short answer, yes, Y-E-S with a capital Y. Yes, we do finance quite a bit of our diaspora market. Wherever in the world you are, we can support your acquisition of a home in Jamaica. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thanks again, Owen. Thank you, Gabriel, for that enlightening conversation. We're definitely going to keep paying attention to the real estate market. Now, before we go to the break, let's take some more comments from our viewers. There are a lot of it. Spartan says, this is it. This is a gold mine of information. Crypto King says mortgages are too expensive and companies are not paying the working class enough. Jamaica is definitely different from the rest of the world. College degrees don't mean a thing in terms of earnings in Jamaica. I think about when I was 25, like not even close to being able to afford buying a house, especially not on my own as a single parent at the time. Marvin says the question is not how high mortgages are, but how do you get your income up to afford these mortgages? I like that perspective, Marvin. And then we have, where's the other comment that I wanted to take? Uh, Omi, Omi says, NHT and banks need to increase the time repayment period. I think NHT actually did do that. I think they increased it to 40 years, which is a lot. So it depends on, like our guests were saying, how young you are when you start, when you actually get that mortgage, because you have to take into account what the average lifespan of an individual in Jamaica is. So before we take our break, uh, I do have, oh, we have hurricane tip now. Let's take a hurricane tip. Hurricane tips are brought to you by CG United. It's good like that. All right, so here is your hurricane tip brought to you by CG United. Plans change our homes evolve if you plan on turning your garage into a barbershop for example then you should let your insurers know if the use of the property has changed this is called change of occupancy let's not live in a world where your home has not fully has not only suffered damage but those additions you've made aren't covered 
over time, your home or your office can become more than you originally planned. Now, making note of these changes, getting new valuations, informing your insurer, and updating your policy are key to you receiving the settlements you expect in the event of a disaster. And that was your hurricane tip brought to you by CG United. Hurricane tips were brought to you by CG United. It's good like that. And now it's time for tonight's poll question. Do you think that banks should reimburse customers who fell for phishing and smishing scams? This was a hot topic recently. I saw an article in the paper about it with one banking executive saying that if you fool enough to fall for one of these scams, you should not get your money back from the bank. But what do you think? Should customers who fall for these scams be reimbursed by their financial institution? No, it's not the bank's fault. Yes, the bank is responsible for its customers. It should be on a case-by-case -case basis or other. Leave a comment. Let us know. What do you think? Should customers who fall victim to these scams be reimbursed by their institution, even though it may have been from their own foolishness? because they've been warned. Let me know what you think. While you're at it, hit that like button and also make sure you subscribe to our channel. And up next, we've got your market recap. And of course, the analysts are standing by. Taking stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency, insurance made easy. Hey, moneymakers, join the KRM fam with our official merch. Get it now at KhalilaReynolds.com. Let's get this money. The JC Combined Index gained almost 5,000 points or 1.5% last week. 123 stocks traded across the main and junior markets for the week, ending Friday, July 21, 2023. 41 made gains, 73 lost value, and 9 stayed the same. 151 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, valued at $748 million. Image Plus Consultants was the week's most traded stock. It took up 40% of market volume with 61 million shares trading. The stock gained 21 cents to open Monday at $2.47. Trans-Jamaican Highway traded the second highest. The stock lost 25 cents to open this week at $2.51. And dollar rounded out last week's most traded with 9 million shares changing hands. The stock lost 20 cents to open Monday at $2.05. Now let's see who had the biggest gains for the week. JPS 7% was the market's biggest gain up 34%. The stock opened Monday at $73.65. ISP Finance Services gained 21% to start the new week at $24.54. And Guardian Holdings was up almost 17% to open the week at $446.06. On the losing side now, Cygnus Credit Investments USD was last week's biggest loser down 23%. The stock opened Monday at $0.08 cents US. Medical Disposables and Supplies fell 17% to open the new week at $4.40. And Margaritaville Turks was down 16% closing the week at $15. Over on the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange, the Composite Index gained 10 points or 1% last week. Massey Holdings was the most traded stock. The stock gained 5 cents to open this week at $4.99 TT. Guardian Holdings was the market's biggest gain up 4% to open this week at $18.80 TT. And on the losing side, Cinema One fell nearly 3% to open Monday at $7.30 TT. 
Over in the US, the Dow Jones gained 2% last week, while the S&P 500 is up almost 1%. The Nasdaq, on the other hand, lost half a percent. Motorists saw an increase at the pumps last week. The price of 87 gas went up $2.58, while 90 gained $3.06, and regular diesel prices were up $2.18, while low sulfur diesel went up $2.29. In foreign exchange, it took an average $155.28 Jamaican to purchase one US dollar last Friday. That's 29 cents less than a week before. Meanwhile, it took an average $117.64 Jamaican to purchase one Canadian dollar. One British pound cost on average $202.39 Jamaican. And you could buy one euro for $175.42 Jamaican on average. Finally, on the crypto markets, Bitcoin prices fell 2% over the past five days, trading at $29,234 US on Monday. Ethereum also fell 2%, trading at $1,850 US on Monday. Disclaimer This is not intended as financial advice. Please consult a licensed financial advisor before making investment decisions. Welcome back to Taking Stock. Let's take some more of your comments. I'm loving the comment section this evening. I love the, the diversity of perspectives and the positivity I'm seeing, like the how can we afford it and so on. So let's take some more of these comments before we introduce the analyst section. Stronglink wants to know if compensation package increases had anything to do with it. That could be a part of it. 30% increase, Owen from NCB said, like, 30% increase in mortgage applications or mortgages being dispersed. That's, wow, in this economy. That's great news, though. Natoya wants to know, is this the AI Kalila? Mmm, ice cream, so good. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. Yeah, all right, let me leave that alone. Uh, Sally wants salty P says, why offer a loan to buy a house when you have to come out of pocket to make down payment? What's the point of 100? What's the point? 100% financing is much better. I don't necessarily agree with you, Salty P. You also have to take into consideration the higher your down payment, the more equity you own in the home upfront. So the more you pay on that mortgage, the more of that home you actually own. And that equity has value that you can use towards other things. So if you watched Real Estate for Beginners with Keisha Bailey inside the Money Mission community a few weeks ago, it's still available there, by the way, you would understand how this works. Unlocking the equity in the homes that you already own, using the equity that is the down payment that you put on your property in order to you know, do other things, fund uh, renovation of the home that you just bought using the same equity that you just put into the home via your down payment as collateral. Stuff like that is really important to know. Christopher says, looking forward to what the analysts have to say about NCBFG when you get to that segment. So David, be on standby. It's not on our list of topics, but we do have to talk about NCB and give the people an update. Lanestra says, we need some heat tips these days because you heard the hurricane tip. Here's my heat tip, get AC. <laughs> It's expensive, but yeah, we talk about AC money, light bill money. You got to start investing uh, investing in assets that are, that are going to appreciate over time. Uh, Let says, interesting, not sure where all this money is coming from, but okay. Philip says, earn that house money on the JSC. Best place to make money in Jamaica. 
strong link says, don't say I can't afford it. Ask yourself, how can I afford it, people? Stimulate your brain to get creative. I like the way you think, strong link. Brandon says, case-by-case -case basis. This is in response to the poll question. We need to have a modicum of humane reasoning and not have a blanket solution. And then Shellyanne says, Kalila, you need to get these 25-year-olds to come share their secrets on the mentorship episode. I'm sure they can refer you to some of the 25 to 30-year-old multiple property owners. That is actually an excellent idea. We need to track down some of these young professionals who are buying up homes and doing very well. We need to find out what their secret is. Garvin says, pro tip, don't live in the first place that you buy, rent it out. Use the income from that to get another mortgage, rinse and repeat. Keep those comments coming, guys. Definitely enjoying it. Enjoying uh, reading your comments and watching the debate going on in the chat. Let's welcome David Rose, business writer at the Jamaica Observer, our analyst for this evening. Hi, David. Welcome back. Hi, Kalila. Hopefully, Flo actually behaves tonight. <laughs> Hopefully, right? Yeah. All right. So we're supposed to be talking about Epley Caribbean Property Fund, but before we do that, we have to get an NCB update. The people are asking what's going on. I took a look at the stock price for today just now, and it's about uh, on par where it was yesterday. It hasn't really moved but it has gone up 15% since last week. So what are your, any update on NCB? What have you been noticing? Well, there hasn't been any major updates as yet, apart from, well, the last time we spoke, we would have spoken about the change in terms of the leadership. So the only updates that we've gotten so far is about the interim leaders. So, the managing director of Portland Private Equity and also an NCB financial group board member, Robert Almeida, he is now the interim group CEO of the NCB financial group. Malcolm Sadler, who is the CFO, meaning chief financial officer of NCBJ, which is National Commercial Bank Jamaica Limited, he is now the interim group CFO. And Bruce Bowen, who is the former uh, CEO of Scotia Group, uh, he's not the special advisor to Robert Almeida. So that's really the update in terms of where we've reached in updates to leaders of NCBFG. But otherwise speaking, uh, compared to over a week ago, meaning from Tuesday to now, uh, certain price last week, Tuesday to now, you know, NCB stock price is up 15% in over a week, which is pretty impressive considering it's been coming on a steady decline over the last two years. Right. So Philip also notices that large volumes are trading since the announcements, large volumes in NCBFG stock. So NCBFG has actually been the most traded stock over the last week. That There's been no other stock on the JSC that has much, as many trades each day, like 250, 280, like you're just seeing a large number of trades occurring for NCBFG since that development. And, you know, you're, even today, uh, there was over $80 million, I think it was over $100 million worth of NCB traded today. And, like, for the last week, you've been seeing NCB trading at least a minimum of 60 to, like, $120 million minimum, you know, each day. And this is compared to prior days where NCB was probably struggling to get probably $10, $20 million 
and I reduced there with a much lower volumes. So, you know, Leachin's return and his, well, the board's actions, you know, respect to the two higher executives before, you know, has spurred some interest in NCBFG. The proof will be in the pudding uh, come next week when NCBFG, you know, releases their results, but also, you know, has that dividend consideration because that's really what persons want to know. Will this, uh, you know, golden goose start to lay back those golden eggs, in this case, the quarterly dividend? Yeah. So is this an indication? So the, the, the volumes that we're seeing trading over the past week, plus the 15% increase in the stock price, is that an indication that investors are excited about the possibility of dividend returns? Of course. Kalila, uh, for context, NCB before, you know, the pandemic was paying a dollar per share every quarter. So like, let us say four divided by 65, that would have just been around 6% dividend yield, you know, at the most recent prices. And the reality is NCB Financial Group has the largest entities for, you know, businesses in the English-speaking Caribbean. So NCBJ is the largest commercial bank in Jamaica. NCB Capital Market is the largest broker chairman in Jamaica. Uh, Guardian Life is the largest insurance company in Jamaica. Sorry, I believe it's the second largest by assets, but versus Hadjikoi Life. Then you also have, you know, Guardian General, which is also a main player in the Jamaican general insurance market. Uh, and, you know, these businesses are still growing. And it's not necessarily as easy to displace NCB from their current position. And with the expectation that they're supposed to grow further in the coming years, you know, it's pretty good. Because think about Kalila. Government uses NCB. Every other business uses NCB, you know, for the commercial banking side. Before, you know, COVID, you saw NCB coming heavily with these IPOs, which are different from their own private deals that they, you know, arrange. Not just in Jamaica, but across the region. And, you know, Garden Holdings is also putting its own foot on a higher plat on a higher platform. So that's to kind of show you that persons do have confidence in the NCB financial group uh, based on, you know, just their position and their expectation that they're supposed to go further. But in the lack of dividends over the last two years, you know, would have made opportunity costs of holding NCBFG not attractive compared to other alternatives that are on the market, such as, you know, higher interest rate instruments like, you know, bonds or, you know, other dividend income stocks like probably a career or a mailpack. All right. So I see in the comments somebody was asking the same question we've been asking, Christopher, saying NCBFG board is scheduled to meet August 2023. Do you think they're likely to declare some dividends? That's the million dollar question, Christopher. Well, That's what everybody wants to know. In, in the Observer article last Wednesday, uh, you know, saw comments by Patrick Hilton, you know, about talking about the upcoming board meeting and, you know, the expectation that the dividend should be declared. Uh, it's what likely does might be declared, you know, based on their own internal plans that they've made and just relative stability in terms of asset prices in recent times. But even though the dividend is declared, I do expect it to be at 2090 levels of, you know, $1 or even larger just as yet. Uh, I think that, you know, potentially might start to see some recurring dividends again, but not at the same size and capacity 
as we'd have seen in 2019. All right, let's get into tonight's scheduled topic, which is on Epley Caribbean, oh, is that Epley Caribbean Property Fund, Value Fund, I think it's what it's called. They are looking to add, so, this is a long acronym, they're looking to add some new properties to their portfolio. What's the update there? So it's Epley Caribbean Property Fund Limited, SCC. SCC meaning Segregated Cellular Fund. It's based in Barbados. Like, the names usually are long, but to keep it short and simple, uh, the value funding listed in 2019 around july 2019 and you know it's grown its books you know from six properties then to 17 properties now and they're looking to do another acquisition within the, you know later this year i'm not sure when they're going to actually do that acquisition but it's likely it's going to be another property that will give a relatively decent and high net operating income yield so the value fund currently owns some of the most iconic properties, you know, in Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad. So in case of Jamaica, like everybody knows Mall Plaza, they own 50% uh, in Mall Plaza. They just acquired the remaining 50% interest in 693 Spanish Town Road. They own the Plaza by Crossroads where Durham and Access and other businesses are they own a variety of other industrial assets. I remember back in September 2020 when, you know, they had that uh, share for property swap with Seprod. Uh, so it's just interesting to see them continue to grow and be this active value acquirer of properties while also improving the yield of some of these properties. And it's pretty interesting that, you know, I believe it's around 4 or 5% where the dividend yield is right now. So while the dividends listed in Barbadian dollars, they pay in US dollars. So for persons who do have a mandate in place and own the stock, it's very appropriate to ensure the mandate is updated to have those dividends paid to a US dollar bank account. So it's not paid out at the cash rate that the bank gives you for dividends. Or sorry, when you're converting between currencies. Yeah, and, I you feel know, like Epley is Epley Property Fund because it's different from Epley, which is a different listed company. Which but is the I manager like of, the, is, of Epley. This is one of those fund. companies that is slept on. Like people, it's not one of the sexy companies that people pay a lot of attention to. Fun fact, by the way, the IPO for Epley Caribbean Property Fund was one of the first interviews I did on this platform back in 2019. Mm -hmm. when we were just, just starting. And it actually is what gave me the idea for taking stock. So... A little bit of KRM trivia right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so what does the what is the value in holding that stock right now? Like, where is the price? Where is it coming from? Is it undervalued? What's up with the stock? So stock pressure in quarter dollars, Jamaican dollars right now, down 15% year to date. Uh, it trades in all three major English-speaking Caribbean exchanges. So it's also listed in the Barbadian and Trinidad and Tobago stock exchanges. It's trading at a two-thirds discount, so it's net asset value. So while it trades at 40 Jamaican dollars as of today, its net asset value is 81 Barbadian dollars, which is about 60.75. And it's nothing unique to every kind property fund. But what you tend to see is that for the real estate listed companies and the JSC, they tend to trade below their net asset value. And what does net, net asset value mean? Think of shareholder equity. But in this case, your shareholder equity divided by the number of shares, 
that's what you call the Navar book value, in other words. And, you know, they also have a buyback program that they've been doing for the last two years plus in the JSC. And I think the share price was probably like $50, $52 in prior times. But otherwise speaking, it's usually flat and not traded as heavily as some of the other more well-known stocks on the JSC. However, you know, it's a quarterly dividend paying stock right now. And it's still steadily increasing its dividend payments going forward. So their target, you know, is to have a 15% dividend yield relative to NAV. So for example, let's just say the NAV is a dollar or hundred dollars, for example, you'd get $15 as a dividend. So that's where they're kind of moving towards with, you know, growing the dividend payments relative to the net asset value. As I said, and that's the company and that's just for the value fund. The development fund, we'd have seen where Epley Fund Managers Limited, which is a fund manager of the overall Epley Carmen Property Fund Value, Epley Carmen Property Fund Limited SEC, uh, they took a majority stake in the development fund just recently in April, around 40%. And, you know, they're looking to change the mandate of that fund. So that fund, you know, owns some development lands right now in St. Vincent, Barbados, uh, and other Eastern Caribbean islands. But let us see, you know, where Epley decides to take that business in the coming years, because when Epley, well, when the Valley Fund came to the JSC, they're seeking new capital to, you know, expand and grow the book. Because prior, they were in Barbados mainly with six properties, and now they have 17 properties, almost a million square foot of un under management, and they're in three jurisdictions. And, you know, eventually they, they do see an entry into Guyana, not necessarily today, but that's like an eventual opportunity they're potentially going to pursue. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that update, David. Yeah. And guys, remember, remember what David said, USD dividends being the key phrase. One, one last topic to discuss, Kalila. It just came out yesterday in terms Which of the SVL, SVL taking a 15% stake in dollar. Yes, let's talk about it. I just saw somebody comment that too. Uh, Philip, dollar, SVL, also up to big things. Yes, what's going on there? So, you know, we saw the disclosure yesterday that SVL has taken a 15% stake in dollar. And, you know, that take the price up flying to date, up 12% to date, like $2.38, I believe, or $2.40. That should halt at $2.45. And, you know, persons are just like, wow. And, you know, the managing director, Chris Young, you know, pointed out that, you know, SVL is that strategic paragon that's going to come in now and, you know, provide multi-billion dollar worth of funding dollars expansion as we know right now dollars growth has been so phenomenal and rapid that they don't have enough cash to lend out to new clients and to you know further their expansion because they're currently waiting on the boj bank of jamaica's approval for the expansion into barbados and saint lucia but the funny thing is SVL took a similar stake in main event uh, two years ago. And main event has paid up handsomely for them because they were $3.50 per share and it's trading at around $14 right now, two years later. And they're going to take the female dividend come this Friday. And in the case of dollar, with SVL giving them this strong backing and commitment going for in terms of capital to grow their books, 
which is separate from them potentially going back to the capital market for additional funding, dollar can easily, you know, become the largest listed microcredit company in the JSE. That still is currently held by Access Financial, but with the growth opportunities in other markets, plus domestically, for example, with Ultra and acquisitions, it's kind of crazy. I can definitely see that happening. And we can see where Kadeen and his team have been aggressively pursuing, I believe, that goal. Remember, they tried and, to acquire access at one point. Well, who knows if they're going to come back in the future? Because mm -hmm. here's the funny thing about it. So maybe investments, well, maybe Jamaican Equities Limited, you know, which was the vehicle they used back in 2006, would have invested $38 million into access at the time, right? Maybe sold that, you know, they purchased in access, which were like 49% back then or 51%. Uh, back in 2014, December, sorry, December 2013, and they sold for $900 million. And that doesn't include the dividends that they've accumulated over all those years as well. So imagine Kalila, you made $38 million in 2006, and you sold it for $900 million in December 2013. And Proven, who got the 49% stake in Proven Group Limited, formerly, formerly Proven Investments, we should have gotten the 49% stake in access for $900 million. They sold, you know, 25% <clears throat> of that for between, I think it was between two to three billion Jamaican dollars in September 2019. So they sold about half of it for such a significant increase in that time frame. And, you know, even in the case of first to private equity, they'd have purchased a <clears throat> dollar back in January 2021 at a price of 1.1 million US dollars, about 188 million G, they'd have sold 100, they'd have sold 187.5 million shares in the this June 2022 dollar IPO. They'd have collected about 82 million dollars in dividends since then. Now continuity that was declared recently and they'd have then you know been able to sell potentially a billion dollars worth of shares, you know, it's not just SGA but another party as well for like one billion dollars on monday so you spent 188 million dollars you've gotten about 1.47 billion dollars in the last two years through exits you see on 36 percent which is worth about you know 2.16 billion jamaican dollars so like this is kind of show you the value of private equity mm -hmm. and i mentioned earlier mainly bought the stake in sorry SBA by the second main event when it was at like the COVID lows at $50. Maybe it has bounced back considerably, you know, posting record profit after quarter, quarter after quarter, and it's worth $14 now. And they have future plans with main event for a joint venture. Not sure when it's going to be realized as yet, but to then see, you know, SBA take a stake in dollar, considering that they have their own microcredit subsidiary, it's just pretty interesting. Because remember, they have Michaela Financial Services. And they just acquired their main interest for $68 million in the most recent quarter. Boy, lots of money moves going on. And I like that you mentioned, you know, the return when you become a private equity investor. First Angels is actually doing uh, a training session on that type of thing for people who are interested. We're going to be talking about that another time, uh, more about what's going on and those opportunities there to become early investors in companies. Garvin says, let's talk about dollar. We need a nightly <laughs> taking stock because so much action in the Jamaican market. You are right, Garvin. 
Me can't do it nightly though. I don't have that kind of energy. Neither do I, Kalila. We have lives to live. We have lives to live. Oh my gosh. But indeed, there is a lot going on. There is a lot going on. So maybe I need to find some other hosts for some other nights. So that <laughs> no, Kalila. Once a week, sometimes does a trick. Yeah. When, you, when, you have, when, when, when things buzzy again, sure. Maybe maybe another show for the week, but not me. Somebody else would have to get somebody else to do it, as that meme goes. Thanks so much for the updates, David. Always appreciate it. You're welcome, Galila. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with your final comments, buzzy comments in the chat tonight. My name is Trisha Gay O'Connor and I'm an attorney at all. I attended the Real Estate Investing for Beginners course. It is a topic that has always appealed to me. I came away with a strategy as to how to invest in real estate. So I thought it was something that was a definite goal, but a far-reaching one, but it seemed much more attainable once I attended it and heard the strategy. And you're better off, honestly, just buying the property, holding it, and as the value goes up over time, you can access a second mortgage or a home equity loan, as they call it. You can rinse and repeat that strategy and end up with 10 houses because all you do, you buy one. Even if it's your, your first house, you're living in there, you buy one house, price goes up over time. Take out a mortgage against you now the increase in value. Use that to buy a second house. I can, I'll tell you guys, can you in here, I'm going to pay up on the money exactly how i did it as simple as it seems no i actually never thought about it and so for me i have a plan i didn't expect to come up with a plan but i came out with a plan so i'm extremely happy thank you very much kalila and thank you so much keisha the information was presented in a very clear understandable way and i am grateful this is the start of me investing in real estate <laughs> so guys definitely join the money with money mission you will regret it take my word real estate for beginners is available on demand or with a premium membership to the money mission community join now at moneymission.mn.co the link is in the description how you doing i'm successful how are you i'm good what's funny you said you're successful what that mean you got business Yes, I mind my business. <laughs> you probably too much to handle. <laughs> you got a minute? You got money? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got money. What you want? You got cash out? Nah, not, not cash out. PayPal? What you need right now? Demo? I don't really got no digital pay. Zale? Nah. Have a nice day. Hey, bro. Yes, the Money Mission community is where it's at. We've been talking about real estate investing all evening tonight on Taking Stock. Learn how to get involved in real estate investing in the Money Mission community. You can purchase that course individually or as part of your premium membership. Reminding you as well that our premium course Debt Do-Over is on sale this week only. 30% off Debt Do-Over so you can learn how to Fix your credit score, pay off your debts faster, cut your debt in half even, and learn to use debt to actually make money, which really is what a mortgage is. All of that is covered in that particular curriculum. Get 30% off plus you will get free access to our webinar that's coming up next week, Monday. That's all about credit cards, credit card hacks that you should know coming from the belly of the beast. We're getting the info from a banker. So yeah, sign up for that. Uh, let's take our final comments. I love the comments in the chat tonight. You guys are so lively. Nadia says, the high demand in real estate 
shows the vibrant construction of apartments all over Kingston and St. Andrew. No doubt there's a huge demand across the island as well. Shellyann says, how did I know David would be here tonight? Is David buying up the real estate with his shortlisting profit? <laughs> ah, Marvin says, boy, I don't mean with the likes on this page. Only 10 likes, guys. It doesn't take much. Just hit the like button. There's a little thumbs up right there. Give us a thumbs up. Strong link says, time to buy JSC at the deep discount prices. As with enough NCB trading, the JSC fee income should be great. Let's hope it will wake up the bull and put the bear into hibernation. Elaine says, it's time for you to go. Oren says, guys, have you seen paradisic housing development across from the famous Richmond estate in St. Anne? No, I have not. And I travel outside fairly regularly. I'm actually going there this weekend or next weekend. Very soon. I need to go fast and see what that's all about. He says that's definitely going to be the jewel of the Caribbean. As they said, beautiful. Need to go fast. Definitely. Nadia says spotted the helicopter on the towers earlier today. MLC means serious business. Mm? Okay. Christopher, say I love our taking stock reporters. You guys bring us the tea. Christopher says, can't see them declaring dividends. That's NCB. MLC got bills to pay. Can't see them not declaring some dividends because MLC got bills to pay, sir. Shelly says, SVL dollar is a great move. Emphasis on great. Strong link. Why is I am not too old for... Moving on, moving on. Lanesra said, got some more dollar shares last week before this good news. Uh, good for you, Lanesra. Wow. Uh, Natalie says she's ready to host. All right, I'll give you a link, Natalie. See if you're serious. And Elaine wants to know when is the new IPO and how do I get in the reserve pool? KRM, when is it? You mean our IPO for KRM? That is, if it ever happens, many years in the future. But like I've been telling you from Anna June, there is at least one IPO that is raring to go, just awaiting final approval. It was expected around mid-July, so quite possibly any day now, we'll finally have our first IPO of the year. So look out for that when that drops. It's going to be a junior market listing, guys. So get ready for those of you who missed the IPO days, but also know and be aware that the market is not as robust as it was before. And you've seen that with the past couple of IPOs, the past couple of listings. You haven't got that big pop that you may be used to. So that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure being with you. I finally have my blue tick on Instagram, which I had to pay for, but I'm cool with it. It supposedly helps with the fake pages. However, over on TikTok, the fake pages just continue to proliferate. Remember, guys, I only have one official page. So follow at Kalila Ray on Instagram and TikTok. Anything else that you see, report them. They are scammers. I will not DM you asking you to invest in cryptocurrency or to send me money for anything. I only conduct business via my official website, kalilareynolds.com and moneymission.mn.co. Check it out and join the community. That's our show for this evening. Thanks for watching. I will see you again next week. And until then, let's get this money.
Bye. Let's get this money. <laughs> <laughs>